Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. And just like that, Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty on all charges. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669, Kyle Rittenhouse, standing, hearing, uh, the verdict read, collapsing into his chair, actually helped to the chair by a member of counsel. And hearing that self-defense might actually exist in the United States, Mayor Bill de Blasio said this verdict is disgusting and it sends a horrible message to this country. Where is the justice in this? We can't let this go, he writes. We need stronger laws to stop violent extremism from within our own nation. Now is the time. But there was no extremism here, guys. There was no domestic terrorism here. There was no white supremacy here. There was a kid in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you and I could argue, man, I would not have been there. And you can say, man, he should not have been there. But that's not the part that matters. He was there. And while he was there, he was attacked repeatedly. He was attacked by Rosenbaum, by Gage Grosskreutz. He was the one who was attacked. And people like the rather despicable Bill de Blasio, this commie, he doesn't care about that. Kyle Rittenhouse should have been attacked in his view because American citizens should just be attacked in the middle of the streets because why not? Because the riot that was going on after the shooting of Jacob Blake was totally fine. Not even a problem. Not even a consideration. Absolutely okay. How dare you say otherwise, you racist bigot. That's Bill de Blasio. Ben Crump, who was the lawyer for the family of George Floyd, who has never found a trial that he can't make racial, put out a statement. If you needed yet another example of the two justice systems at work in America, look no further than the delayed arrest, spectacle of a trial, and lack of conviction of Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse, a self-declared white nationalist. Wait, what? Crossed state lines with an unlawfully possessed AR-15 to be an instigator and provocateur in the anti-racism protest in Kenosha. Ben Crump is a damn fool because there was no traveling across state lines with a weapon. Ben Crump doesn't know anything. Ben Crump is a damn fool. He's lying through his teeth. 
through his damn teeth. Holy cow. Hold on, allow me to respond. Ben Crump knows nothing. His statement proves it. He doesn't know the case. It doesn't matter. What because because the facts don't matter. What matters is he's able to throw out racism, throw out white supremacy, throw out anti-gun. Ben Crump's a damn fool. Oh yeah, come sue me. Come get me, Ben. You're the one who doesn't understand the case. I'm the problem. Damn fool. First Amendment. Come directly at me. This goes on and on and on and on. Despite Kyle Rittenhouse's conscious decision to travel across state lines and injure one person and take the lives of two people protesting the shooting of Jacob Blake by police, he was not held responsible for his actions. Unfortunately, this is not surprising. That's from the ACLU. But it wasn't a protest. It was a riot. The ACLU lying through their damn teeth. This is how it goes again and again and again. The failure of media, the failure of the woke. They don't want to know anything about this case. They don't give a damn about this case. They think he carried a gun across state lines. He didn't. They think he didn't know the area. His, I think it was his father who lived there. They think that these people who got shot were just innocent folk. One of them was a child rapist. There are people who still believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed black people. Never happened. Because it's not interesting to know the facts. It is not interesting to them to discuss honesty and sincerity. What is interesting to them is creating the hate, creating the vitriol, creating the anger. One of the things that's been going around social media is that CNN clearly wants riots. They want rioting in Kenosha. Let me say it again. Today's press corps wants rioting in Kenosha. And sometimes people say to me, well, Tony, you're part of the press. Don't be ignorant. You think I'm part of that? You know it, I know it, we all know it. That's not the case. CNN, MSNBC, the Joy Reads of the world, they want rioting. They want the fight. They want the division. It helps their narrative. It helps sell their story. And their story is about lying their ass off to the American people. You want to know how important radio is? You just found out. You want to know how important new media is? You just found out. When I talk about creating content and why I do as much as I do, now you know. Because we have a lot to counter. I've got the mayor of the largest city in America. I have got the ACLU. And I have got one of the preeminent racial lawyers or race-baiting lawyers in America all lying to the American people. Those are three guys, three groups of people with a lot of voice. I got me. I better put myself in a lot of places to have an honest conversation. And I totally get, I don't mean to yell. I, I apologize. Let me, let me bring it down a, a, a note. Because I, I don't mean to yell. 
But I'm just like you. Man, is this super frustrating. Liars just putting it out there. Just proudly lying. Proudly putting it out there, you know. And and, and you know what the worst part is? They never, ever once get embarrassed by it. It's embarrassing. It really is. But they're never embarrassed by it. They're always like, yeah, it's cool. Whatever moves them down the line, whatever allows them to get a little reputation capital or make a couple of bucks, they do. We have never needed each other more. And we have never needed to open up the tent more to those people who may not agree with us on every subject, bloody hell, we don't agree with each other on every subject, but know that they're getting lied to by ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC. They know it. They know they're getting lied to by Bill de Blasio. They know they're getting lied to by Ben Crump. They know they're getting lied to by the ACLU. And all they want to do is be able to be somehow connected to a more honest conversation, even if they don't agree with all of it. And man, I, I, am, I am very, very interested in, 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 in being that guy, in helping them through it. Right? I, I have always considered myself very much a gateway drug to conservatism and really a, a gateway drug to, to, to rational thinking. I think there are people who go even deeper than I do, and I, I think that's great. I don't mind handing them off, you know, handing, handing people off to those people who want to go deeper. But I don't think there's anybody better than us in engaging the, 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 the rational conversation about what it is we're seeing. And connecting the dots between the incredible bigotry that we see out there. Is there any question that Ben Crump and Bill de Blasio and the ACLU are a bunch of low-rent, low-class, down-and-dirty bigots at this stage of the game? Trying to create a fight, trying to create anger, trying to create hostility, basing it all on a lie and not even caring about the ability to protect and defend oneself? I mean, that's stunning stuff. We see that. But what we got to recognize is that other people see that too. We want to bring them in. Maybe not on everything, all right? Maybe we're not in on everything. That's fine. But we're in on this. And what we have to be is absolutely opposed to what it is that these people are doing. The lies that they are telling every single day proudly lying. They don't even know about the case. They don't care about the case. It doesn't matter about the case as long as they called somebody a white supremacist. I assume Ben Crump has a checklist. All right, I got to call five people white supremacists today. I got to call uh, uh, three people racist today. Uh, and and then I got to, I got to, I, I, I got to, all right, I got to call my tailor. I got to get a new suit made right here. Uh, and then oh, I got to deposit that check I got because I called this guy a white supremacist and this guy a racist. And then I got to call, I got to call uh, so, somebody an ass. All right. So boom, that's my checklist. And then I have lunch. I assume that's how Ben Crump runs his day. I assume Bill de Blasio says, hmm, what will help me not win in a presidential election? I'll do that. You know that Bill de Blasio is considering a run for governor of New York. They give that man the keys to the castle. Anybody who stays is a fool. A fool. Anybody, anybody who votes for Bill de Blasio. No, it is up to us to know that we can openly and honestly question what Kyle Rittenhouse was doing there and whether or not it was a good idea to be there. That's what you could do on the bar stool. And there's nothing wrong with that discussion. There is something very wrong 
very, very wrong with saying he wasn't allowed to be there. Or what happened to him is his fault because he was there. To somehow pretend that the actions of these others didn't matter. To pretend that a riot wasn't taking place. Now, as for tonight, and is there going to be a riot in Kenosha? Well, as as I stated, uh, it's clear uh, that um, the political left wants the riot. They want the outrage. They want the violence. That seems rather obvious. Will they get it in Kenosha? I don't know. I, 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 I hope not. I really and truly hope not, but I don't know how it's going to break down. Uh, the governor, I, I, I said Tony Evers, I think it's pronounced Evers, so I apologize for that. Tony Evers, uh, he has got 500 National Guard troops at the ready. We will see whether or not he puts them on the streets to keep the peace. And if he doesn't, what will the people of Kenosha do? as these media outlets beg for people to burn their city down. I've got more to get to. A Kurt Schlichter, trial lawyer, scheduled to be with us. His thoughts on the case that's all coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So I had brought up the other day a conversation of civil asset forfeiture. I oppose civil asset forfeiture in every way. What that is, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. We've got more on the Rittenhouse case. Kurt Schlichter, trial lawyer, author, will be with us in just a little bit to break down the not guilty verdict in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, civil asset forfeiture is, uh, and I use this as the example, uh, you get pulled over by police, uh, speeding. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to buy a car. Oh, you, you paying cash? Yeah, I got, I got $10,000 on me. I'm going to buy that car. Well, uh, we think that might be drug money, so we're going to hold on to that. Now, I'm using a pretty loose kind of conversation there, but it happens all the time. It's a decision that, well, we think this is being used in a drug crime, this, that, what have you, and so uh, they confiscate it. When that happens, they don't necessarily give it back. They make you go through the legal hurdles and hoops to get back your, your money or your property, and that becomes so expensive that you're like, oh, forget it. There's an there's a incentive for departments to do this because then they, if it's, if it's you know, if it's abdicated, if you will, they get to utilize it. They get to utilize the equipment. They can sell the equipment. They can keep the money and use it for the department. I have had this conversation with police officers before. You cannot convince me. Civil asset forfeiture is despicable. It's theft. And there is no case where you can tell me that it's acceptable to take the property of somebody who is innocent until proven guilty. There's just no case. There's no place. And I've had police officers disagree with me uh, uh, about this. And producer Ari asked a question. And it was a question about the idea of, of, of cash. 
the idea of, of of cash on hand. And so your question, producer Ari, was 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 what about my, about how much cash do you have on you? So, yeah, my point was that there's no legitimate business deal in America that can't that needs to be done in cash. So what's if you rolled up with eighty thousand in cash, like. Yeah, I would never carry that much on me. What's the most amount of cash you would carry on you? So so first, the idea that there's no legitimate deal that can be done in cash, that's a nonsense proposition. Exclusively in cash. Oh, well, again, a nonsense proposition. Because the idea of exclusively in cash means you think I should have it through some other tracked means. And it is about a tracked means. What if I don't want credit cards? What if I don't want a bank wire? What if I just have the cash? We have so created a hate relationship about cash that we decide that having too much of it means you're a problem. It's and easy I re- to steal. I, wait, now you're discussing why you don't carry cash. But what I am describing is why we have created a hateful situation around the idea of cash. You asked, how much cash do I carry on me? So let's start with you. How much cash do you carry on you on an average day? Zero dollars. Okay. I carry a thousand. But why? Ah, none of your damn business. But are you- Hold on, hold on, wait, wait let me follow that up. None of your damn business, bitch. No, All no, right. I, I, I get it's none of my business, but like, aren't you, what? You are now trying to take your morality and apply it to me, your fears and apply it to me, your value system and apply it to me. I don't apply any of mine to you. You know what? You're absolutely correct. That's, that's a great point. However, I will tell you that I've- really do find men who don't carry cash very suspect. <laughs> Shut the hell up. I, I, <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. I really thought you were going to be the latest guy to curse on this show. I'm the only person who's never cursed on my own show. My original producer back in the day, Holly Bacon, cursed on the show. Uh, radio host Larry O'Connor has cursed on the show. Actor Richard Dreyfus has cursed on the show. I really thought you were going to be next, Ari. I really thought that was going to be you. Almost. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I do think that you should be prepared for all situations. And there are situations where the credit card doesn't work. Tech, I don't trust technology. I want to be able to move about freely and handle things the way I need to. And that's why I carry cash. Always. Always, always, always. I just think it's the right move. And I'm not going to get told that somehow I'm a bad guy because I have 1000 or 10000 or $100,000 in cash on me. And if a police officer doesn't like it, I don't care. It's not for them to worry about. This is Tony Katz today. I'm an innocent man. Kyle Rittenhouse being found not guilty does not mean he's innocent. Well... With fortune cookie logic like that, how could we go wrong? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. Oh, that's a guy by the name of Aaron Rupar, who unfortunately is popular on Twitter for putting out half-truths. Constant half-truths. Always, always, always on social media. But the truth is, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. A jury making that statement just a few hours ago. Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. 
As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? And just like that. The case is over. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now, a trial lawyer columnist over at National Review. He is also the author of the Kelly Turnbull series of books, which you can find at Amazon.com. Split is the latest one. Be sure to check that out. Uh, you've been in a lot of trials. You've done a lot of work, not necessarily uh, in, in this type uh, of trial. Uh, not guilty on all counts. Before anything, your take on the jury's decision. Well, first, we need to clarify something, Mr. Tony Katz. I do not write for National Review. Did I say I, National uh, Review? You said National Review. I know how to perform as a man, buddy. I'm at Town Hall. Uh, you are at Town Hall, yes, and, I, and I'm at Red State. I, I'm sorry I said National yeah, Review. Yeah, Look at me. homies. I can't believe it. I at least you didn't say the bulwark. No, I don't you didn't say the bulwark or the dispatch. I'm good like that. Yeah, I don't have a pool boy, so I don't qualify. Um. But in any case, yeah, I have done a lot of trials. And I, I have to say, I'm a little stunned. I, I agree with Aaron Rupar, uh, who's best known for besting uh, 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 Brian Stelter, who is a potato at a hot dog eating contest. Uh, Rupar said he is not necessarily innocent. That's true. A not guilty verdict means uh, he has been found uh, uh, that the, 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 the state was unable to prove uh, beyond a reasonable doubt the charge. It is not objective innocence. Uh, but the facts do show objective innocence. But yeah, yeah, in a technical way, he is correct. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is uh, free from these uh, claims. He is uh, he cannot be retried. There is no appeal for the state, of course, and uh, uh, he is free to pursue uh, any civil remedies he might have for the many wrongs done to him. Well, we're going to get into the wrongs uh, done uh, to him. Uh, as you've watched uh, this case and, and you watch the prosecution, the back and forth between uh, the prosecution and and the judge, the trying to enter of uh, entering of evidence that was already ruled inadmissible, the going yeah. after Kyle Rittenhouse for maintaining his silence and engaging his Fifth Amendment rights. Did they, in your view, does that play on a jury in a positive or negative way when uh, a prosecution and a, and a judge are basically getting into a fight? Yeah, look, um, you got to understand that most cases are very routine, and the judge, the, the lawyers generally, but not always, obey the judge's pretrial rulings. You you go through a lot of motions. This evidence can go in. You are not to refer to that evidence. You are not to make this argument. This is all common stuff, and people generally go by it. Sometimes they push things, and judges do come down on them. They don't like it when you disobey their orders. This, Tony, was <laughs> – I mean, it was a, a, an unbroken track record of failures, mistakes, errors, I think some intentional um, – you know, I've I, I frankly never seen anything like it, and uh, it was – 
and I know the judge's strategy, or at least I think I did, which is I'm going to let I'm going to take these mistrial motions, each of which could have been readily granted. I'm going to hold them in my pocket because they can be appealed by the state. I'm going to see what the jurors say. And no, I, I don't think it plays well with the jurors when uh, the judge is constantly uh, slapping them down for misbehaving. It makes them think, I can't trust this guy. J- jurors often get very protective of the judge. And by, but you saw the judge was, you know, he, he just he just lavished praise on these jurors. They, they get very close. They, they, they are kind of a team. And uh, if the judge is sending out the message that the, these lawyers are misbehaving and not to be trusted, and uh, they're, they're going to pick up on that, and I think they're going to uh, uh, apply an appropriate level of scrutiny. I think when you have glaring errors uh, like these uh, 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 prosecutors made, for instance, he, you don't bring, if you brought a gun, you can't exercise self-defense. Well, well, well then how, how do you exercise self-defense? I mean, when you say nonsense like that, you lose credibility. It is so important. It is so important, Tony, uh, when you are making when you're making your opening statement uh, that you tell the jury what you're going to do and what you're going to prove, and then you prove it. I'm, I'm actually we're not having a uh, we're having a written closing argument for a trial I just finished now for various reasons. It's a traditional argument of one, and one of the uh, one of the things we're discussing in this thing is, you know, did uh, you know did Mr. Schlichter. Um, uh, satisfy all the promises he made to you in the opening. Well, in fact, I did. But uh, that's, that is a, a point lawyers hone in on. And these guys didn't keep their promise. For instance, they promised the jury, you're, you know, you're going to see that you carried this weapon illegal. Well, and then they had to agree that that, that, uh, that claim should have been uh, dismissed, and it was dismissed. So the jurors were probably saying, wait, I thought he, he told me he was going to show me that this gun was illegal. Now I'm not hearing anything about the gun being illegal. What other things has he not told me the truth about? Talking to Kurt Schlichter, trial lawyer, author at townhall.com and the author of Split, the Kelly Turnbull series available at amazon.com, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. So now let's get off the the, the legal and let's get into the place uh, uh, where uh, you and I uh, do come together, which is the cultural and watching, for example, Representative Cory Bush state uh, that the judge, the jury, the defendant, it's white supremacy in action. The system isn't built to hold white supremacists accountable. It's why black and brown folks are brutalized and put in cages while white supremacist murderers walk free. I'm hungry. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm heartbroken. You have Ben Crump, uh, the lawyer, claiming that Kyle Rittenhouse traveled with a weapon across state lines, which he didn't. You have the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, uh, saying that this is a miscarriage of justice. The ACLU is coming out against Kyle Rittenhouse, and they've given up the ghost on actually protecting people's rights. It seems very obvious that for a group of people who are in levels of leadership, they not only do not know what this case is about, they don't seem to care, and that seems to be the point. No, you have have correctly assessed uh, what's going on. The simple fact is they're attempting to weaponize this for their own agenda. Look, they were perfectly willing to sacrifice this kid who shot a, what, domestic abuser, a burglar, and a uh, convicted pedophile. Uh, they were going to show him in a cage for the rest of his life to show us knuckle-dragging patriots, see, you don't get to protect yourself from the animals we use 
as the weaponized wing of the Democrat Party. You don't get to defend yourself. You have to sit there and take it. And uh, we don't. We don't have to sit there and take it. And that's what this proves. And they're going nuts. As for Cori Bush and her, uh, she's a communist fool. And her endless blathering about white supremacy has now made that con, you know, that term as meaningless as quote unquote racist or sexist. No one cares anymore because they realize that that doesn't have any connection to. I think we lost Kurt Schlichter for a moment there. And that is true. Something that we've discussed when Representative Ocasio-Cortez wants to get upset and, and, and bothered about a video put out by Representative Paul Gosar. And it was a ridiculous video. I'm not saying no. It was a ridiculous and silly video that was put out. But she wants to claim that that video was sexist. It was misogynist and racist. It was neither of those things. It was just a dopey video. That's all there is to it. Now, uh, Kurt, your point is taken. Kurt Schlichter, a trial lawyer, you read his work over at townhall.com. We don't buy into it like we used to. It doesn't have the effect on us. But the question is, why do they, on the political left, continue to try and sell us that story? Uh, be, because what, what else are they going to sell us? I mean, as a practical matter, what do they have except trying to divide us up to get 50 plus Fifty percent plus one, which is literally what they're doing in uh, uh, the House and Senate. I mean, it's they're, they're literally after fifty plus one percent. So, so they use these terms, they throw them out, and it, it, it's an old playbook. It doesn't work anymore. And think how sad that is in a way, because you know, to, to, to truly be racist, to truly be white supremacist, it's un-American. It's counter to a Judeo-Christian religion. It shows ignorance, a lack of class. There's just not enough bad things to say about someone who is truly that. But, they've been, they, but they throw the term around so much. They're so promiscuous with it. They're, they're Kamala Harris around powerful men with it. And, and, and after a while, people are like, eh, they've managed to make these terms, which should be something that shocks and appalls people and used to be, in a somewhere they just shrug and say, well, they're just lying about me. I mean, when you have the family of Jacob Blake, remember this all is in the shadow of the riots that took place after the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was violating a restraining order, did not listen to police, had a knife in his hand, was entering a car with children in it before he got shot. Uh, Jacob Blake's uncle says that Kyle Rittenhouse's bail money was raised by Nazis, KKK, and the trial judge was racist for many years. We're in this place where uh, the, the, the truth doesn't matter, and the lie doesn't matter. Just say the word because saying the words are what make you pious and good and decent. So the question that that I ask you in the same way I address it here is how do the how are the rational, decent people supposed to respond to these things they're seeing? I think they are responding uh, uh, appropriately. When, when rational, decent people got a jury notice in Kenosha, Tony, they went and they served and they spent three days looking at the evidence. They didn't walk in there. And come out 15 minutes later with a politically correct or politically incorrect uh, verdict. They didn't come out in 15 minutes with a verdict you and I was supported or a verdict that uh, uh, the left was supported. They took three days. They asked to see the evidence again and again. They asked to take home the jury instructions, which I've never heard before. 
But that tells me that they they did what they were supposed to do. They did the right thing while so many people out there are, uh, uh, you know, trying to shortcut the system. They sat and they looked at it and they measured it with objective facts against the law. What was the evidence we saw? And then they came to a conclusion. And frankly, it wasn't an easy conclusion in the sense that, uh, you know, they're going to get doxxed. They're going to get hassled. There's going to be blowback. Yet they did it anyway. That's hope. There's hope there. That's how normal people react by 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 doing by following their procedures that we've agreed on through the Constitution, by uh, uh, trying to find the truth, by trying to keep the oath they made as jurors and, and the responsibility they have as citizens. That's how they're reacting. And frankly, I'm inspired. And, you know, I'm always inspired when I pick a jury. Tony, I go down to, in Los, Los Angeles. Well, I'll go down there. There'll be a bunch of people there, and I'll get them on the jury. And I'll, you know, I get to do voir dire. That's asking them questions. So many of them are immigrants. They weren't born here, but they're so proud that they're American citizens, and they are ready to do their duty. And you can see some of them when I have to say, you know, I'd like to thank juror number six and excuse her. Uh, they're disappointed because they want to come and do their job. And these aren't high-profile cases. You know, it's you know, Bill owes John $1,000 kind of cases, you know, just business cases. But it's so important for them to do the right thing, to be citizens, to fulfill that duty. And they, and you, you, you see how hard they work to try and come to the right answer, even if it's not an answer I always uh, like. Most of the time I do like it. I'm a pretty good lawyer. But the, the, the simple fact is that this is hope. The fact it wasn't a political verdict uh, it, even for us, you know, frankly, I, I would take about five minutes to do it, but they didn't. They looked at the evidence up, down, sideways. They asked for more. They asked to see evidence again. They asked for the jury instructions. They worked hard to come to what they, they could, they could, a verdict they could stand upon. That is hopeful. Kurt Schlichter is his name. Find his work at townhall.com and also the book, uh, the Kelly Turnbull series of books at amazon.com. Split is the latest one. Be sure to check that out. Kurt Schlichter, always a pleasure. I've got more. I'm Tony Katz. So remind me to tell the story of the florist next week. Because it's an important story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Mark Richards, defense attorney for Kyle Rittenhouse, speaking outside of the courthouse. Yeah, and I said, I've never had a case, and I don't think I ever will, where within two days or three days of one another, you know, the president and the presidential candidate comment on it. And both of them had such different beliefs. Um... President Biden said some things that I think are so incorrect and untrue. He's not a white supremacist. I'm glad that he at least respects the jury verdict. And if the government had any information regarding his cell phone or anything that he had been to any of those websites or been online doing that kind of stuff, it would have been introduced in evidence. It wasn't. We were the individuals who released his cell phone, which couldn't be cracked by the FBI because we had nothing to hide. 
Joe Biden saying uh, in, a, in a statement uh, to the to the press as he was uh, coming back from uh, whether it was Walter Reed or wherever it was, uh, I, I respect I respect the jury decision. Uh, in, in, a, in a nutshell, that's 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 what he said. But there are other things that he said. Um, that, you know that he's going to have to deal with. He is going to have to deal with the president and the White House and those people who defamed Kyle Rittenhouse, who was found not guilty today on all charges, and people like the ACLU and Mayor de Blasio and Representative Cory Bush and lawyer Ben Crump. Willing to lie, willing to obfuscate, willing to scream white supremacy and racism. Not engage a conversation about whether or not people have rights. Which I believe all people have rights. Given to us by, you know, nature and nature's law. Codified in the Constitution. For all of us. Regardless of skin color. We'll have more on this case. I'll catch you guys on Monday, everyone. I'm Tony Katz. Take care.